This show was first broadcast on Free FM 89.0, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access radio station. For more information on our station and our wide range of programs, visit freefm.org.nz. It's a big day today for uh, for teachers. They're uh, they're on strike for the first time. They're saying in twenty four years, and uh, Max Gustafsson is bound to have some sort of opinion on that. Okay. What are you doing back there? Are you playing some music or something? What are you? What are you doing? Uh, I've, got, I've got a song we can fade out to on this one, Mister Bunting. Go on then. <laughs> I don't know, I've got to start this thing for you, but it's going to get us off today because I think what we're going to be talking about is the fact that teachers aren't going to work today. Yeah, they, look, I've got to clear something up. They're saying it's the first industrial action. Oh, there it is. They're saying they've, um, it's the first industrial action for 24 years, but I remember a, a, a stop work meeting not a couple of months ago. I mean, what is industrial action and what's not? Well, wow, that's a hell of a call. I mean, I think one of the things that comes out of it for me is, uh, and the song I'm playing, by the way, in the background here is Union Man by Neil Young. Oh, there you go. Called, uh, called Hawks and Doves. So <laughs> that should be theme of today. <laughs> but yeah, I think the union thing is really interesting because one of the things that I, I thought about this coming up today is thinking it's a buyer's market for employers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some interesting stories to, to share about one particular employer I worked for. And uh, I reached out to them to give me a helping hand to do some writing work in a distant location. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I went to them saying, look, this is uh, the contract's changed. You've changed this, you've changed that, you've changed the other. So, look, why don't you, why don't we come to an agreement that you give me a petrol card for three weeks? Then I can get to this distant location where I'm going to live for a couple of months. And that means you can take as long as you like to figure out what you want to do. So they ripped up the contract on site. And I thought, well, that's wow. an interesting way to treat employees and contractors. So, wow. one of the, yeah, one of the things that comes to me with that is that while I'm not, uh, I don't think I think I was a, a member of the printers' union at one stage many years ago, but I think that's as far as I ever went. And unions, in my view, are, are actually useless because they lack lack power. It seems to me. Yeah, uh, look, I, I think in this instance, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I've I've never been a union man. Um, and I'll tell you a story about the end of it, uh, at the end, end of this, which may, may have something to do with why, but, you know, I was a school teacher and it used to bug the heck out of me. And, and one of the very reasons I got out of teaching quite quickly is that there was no future in it for me. You know, I'm an ambitious, um, an ambitious man and I wanted to get to the top, but to me, the top was being a school principal and that was that. And there was your yeah, pay scale. Yeah. There was your, you know, if you're lucky, you got to go to a, a big city like Dunedin or Hamilton and be a school principal. And that was that. But there was no room to move, nothing, because it was so unionized, so regulated. And yeah, I think one of the things that comes out of that one for me too, Mark, is that, and I've said this to you before, I think, is that teaching is a talent industry. And mm. talent, if you, if you love teaching, you love being involved with students, uh, as I did when I taught and lectured at WinTech. The problem that you've got is there is a limited ceiling and it's not recognizing talent. So as a result of that, uh, one of the issues that's going on in teaching, I think, is they're losing teachers left and right because they can't afford to even stay in the cities that they're uh, teaching in. Mm. And secondly, it doesn't mm. recognize the talent. And I think that, to me, is one of the things that, that really needs to come out of any unionized area is to recognize it's not one size fits all. There are talented people that have more skills and spirit and ability uh, particularly in the classroom, uh, than others, and that has to be recognised somehow. Well, that, and that's what got me about it. There were great teachers who were earning, at that stage, $27,000 a year, and there were these tired old teachers who weren't doing anything. They were just do, do, serving out their time. They had eight years to go, but they were retiring there and then, and they were earning huge dollars, and that was as good yeah. as you could possibly get, and the kids were not getting well served at all. Yeah. I, I think, too, in part, what's going on now with all these strikes going on, and I'm intrigued as I read some of the letters to the editor, 
is that it feels to me, and this may be that I'm buying the, the spin offered by Labour, uh, by government in terms of what's going on, but there are, there are strikes here and strikes here as the hospital workers today, it's teachers, next week it'll be someone else. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that strikes me about it is that we've lived in a false economy for nine years uh, under National. Now that's the spin that Labour's giving it, that government is giving it, and I don't know whether it's correct or not, but it does seem like we now have to play catch-up, and that's why these things are occurring, why these strikes are out there. Yeah, well, I mean, if unions were all that, where were they during the national reign? I mean, where were the strikes then? I mean, uh, national stands were in, and, and teachers were, were going to, to high heaven about that. Um, where were they then? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't, in fact, I think they've been asked that on Radio New Zealand, you know, formally. Well, look, if it was so bad, uh, why didn't you stand up when, uh, you know, you had a government yeah. in power for, for three terms? Pass, I don't know. And again, you could ask even further, where the hell was the union? <laughs> that's what that? I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Where were they then? It's, oh, it frustrates the living heck out of me because I, I personally think that teachers, yes, I, I, everyone agrees, you know, at this stage, that teachers are worth more and conditions are too darn hard. They go in there and they see their kids. They see what the teachers have got to do. I, I don't think you'd find um, many parents in the country who, okay, you'd be hard to find someone that thinks a teacher is overpaid. We all agree on that. But it's the method um, as to how they're, they're going about it. You know, if, if there was, if you just freed up, you know, that's why I like charter schools because you free it up. You give people a bit of opportunity mm. for a bit of growth, a bit of development. Mm. And you get a super, super principal in there whether uh, she or he is, is, is um, you know, is well paid themselves. I'm not sure, but there's some massively great managers, and you've hit it on the head, and I've never heard it addressed like this before. It's a talent industry. It's a performance game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, <clears throat> again, one of the experiences I had at Wintech uh, is that increasingly what was going on there is there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape. And also, I was involved in teaching a lot of the kids that came in at foundation level. Oh, yeah. What that meant was that the students had had a bad uh, run either at home or in school, or for whatever reason, they hadn't achieved. And I used to refer to them as the kids with broken wings. Right. They, they, they were fine in terms of their intellect and their ability to do stuff, but their confidence was zero on a scale of 1 to 10. Once they saw that someone believed in them a little bit, they began to flourish and they began to take off, and I saw that numerous times. But that's not a skill that's on your KPI. <laughs> that, that, that really isn't. So there are things here that are in any area that's a talent industry, and I like to see that talent recognised. And I think we are now in the teaching area seeing teachers having to deal with things that were never part of the ball game when you were teaching and when my older sister was teaching. Yeah, yeah. These things are really, really tough. Having said that, let me share this story with you. This is what was going on for my sister mm-hmm. in the early 1970s teaching at Huntley. And I've written about this. I put this in the Waikato Times column because it affected me so badly is uh, she came home one afternoon and said she had uh, been uh, doing the rounds during lunchtime. Teachers had to walk around the school, make sure all the kids were having lunch and uh, doing duty. And she stopped to see one young Maori young boy and said, look, what are you having for lunch? And he unwrapped his lunch and it was in a, you know, the typical wrapping paper and it was a block of wood. And the reason why it was a block of wood was because the family was too embarrassed to send the young boy to school without a lunchbox that appeared as it was full. But my sister asked him to unwrap it so she could see that he had something to eat. And it wasn't anything at all. Now, that's a true story. And that thing happened in the early 1970s. And that is going to have been escalating ever since Mm. across the country, not just Mm. suddenly, everywhere. 
So there are different areas now that they have to deal with, and, and I wouldn't go into classroom now for love or money. Uh, it's too tough. It's too hard. Yeah, it's, the, the conditions on them are, are, are real tough. I mean, you know, granted, I was teaching sort of in the 90s, and um, you know, we were the first generation of teachers who actually didn't get paid to go to teacher's college. You know, it used to be uh, two-thirds of the salary was, you know, while you were training and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and maybe that's where they need to be heading now, you know, free free teaching for uh, or free training for teachers, etc. because they're struggling for numbers. Um, but the, the nature of children is changing as well. You know, my, my partner, Karen, has been working as a teacher aide um, at, a, at a very good school. And she said that just the nature of the classroom now is crazy because there are so many more kids with so much more special needs. So, so many yeah. more special needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, uh, there's got to be far more specialised training. There's a whole new um, way of teaching now too with this uh, interactive teaching model where they have three or four teachers, you know, or two or three teachers per big classroom. And it's really cool. <laughs> no, it's, okay. It's, Let me share this with you. That's very Let cool. Let me right. share this with you, Mr Bunting. I've Go got on. to get this in. I can feel a former classmate of mine sitting on my shoulder saying, Craig, you've got to actually do this. I was known as Craig when I was young. Yeah, oh, anyway, okay. yeah. in 1973, I was at Myra Intermediate, and we had a class of, at that stage, 45 students, yeah. and it was split across two new fabricated classrooms oh, and yeah. three teachers. So this new method that they're saying is, uh, you know, teaching and passing the ball from one teacher to another across the teaching day, I experienced in 1973. So it's not new at all. Oh, it's just yeah. revisiting an old model that's been repackaged with a new brand. L- so it's been tried me, and failed yeah. before. I think you've walked into my cavernous trap. I just set you for you there, Mister Thompson, ah. because uh, I was a team teacher myself. I had the same situation, and it was fantastic. As a first year teacher, you could turn up hungover, and the other teacher would do the role. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that, that, that I think is what I experienced. <laughs> yeah, probably. That wasn't you, was it? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, young Craig. Um, <laughs> no, but but it was. Um, but the, okay, that was team teaching then, and you supported each other, and you, it was very much potluck as to who you ended up with and it worked pretty well this model they've got now is, is way different I mean the school my uh, son's okay. at has, has got two teachers they're off doing pockets of work all over the place it really is when it's done well it is beautiful to watch and those kids are coming out just splendidly looked after very very well indeed but again we get back to the original point those teachers I reckon won't be there for long with those incredible skills they've learned you know they just can't get further in the corporate world is going to suck them out of there and give them huge money and they'll turn into radio announcers Indeed, and I mean, I think that's a living true point is that at some point, I mean, I walked away from teaching at Wintech in the end, and in part that was because I was looking at it thinking, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it any further in this in this limited ladder. Mm. And teaching as a profession, the uh, government <clears throat> and others know full well that the payment that you get back from teaching is not financial. Yeah. And they yeah. play on that and they know that yeah. and they know that teachers have that as a calling, as a vocation, yes. not a job. Yeah. And for those people who know nothing better than to teach, and, and again, I have to go back to two teachers that changed my life. Mrs. Bain at Myra Intermediate was extraordinary for all of us in that year, and I imagine for every year that followed, she was truly a gifted teacher. Right. And Mr. Craigie at Standard Four Whittier Primary, those two people changed my life in terms of teachers that made me believe in myself, and uh, that was the gift that they gave to me. So those teachers were worth so much more than the salary that they were paid during those days. Oh, I so, know, I know, and they can't get it. Oh, it frustrates me a bit. Anyway, mate, well, we, we, could, we could pontificate for ages because, you know, as they say, the older we get, the, the better we were. And, uh, well, finish us off with the story that you've got oh, to share. Oh, yeah, well, it was interesting because when I was a young gun teacher and uh, my dad was very proud of me but also very frustrated with me um, because he was a principal and he was in the, in the sector, you know. He was very highly regarded in the NZDI and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
And I decided, bugger it, I've had enough of this. I'm running for president of the NZDI. And he says, you can't do that, you're a first-year teacher. I said, I'm running for president, I can, there's no rules against it. And we had the most furious row. And unfortunately, it was the last conversation we ever had. And he passed away the next day. And um, I'm pretty sure that didn't scar me too much. It was just an interesting little adjunct to the fact that, you know what, it's a systemized system. And I'm afraid times (laughs) they are a-changing, you know. Indeed. All right, mate, always a pleasure. Yeah, take care of the kids today, wherever you are, if you have uh, kids who are staying home because of this uh, strike today. So take care of them, make sure they've got something to do, something Ah. positive, something productive. We'll just drop them off at school. Don't worry, they'll be fine. Ah. No worries. For more episodes of this community access radio show, please visit freefm.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast possible by funding the Access Internet Radio Project.